Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a two-time, two-time Emmy Award winning rock star on the show. Brandon T. Adams is going to be joining us. So do me a favor and go ahead and share this out. And we will see you guys in just a second with Brandon T. Adams. Share this out. And we are back. Let me bring Brandon on. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, man? Man, if I was any better, I would have to change my name to Brandon. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I love it. Dude, so so I am um I'm really first grateful that you're on here today and and second I'm excited to hear your story. We have a lot of things in common. I I I did a little bit of research on you and um I I I love the fact that you teach people to go live or press record yeah. and, and do video marketing and that's I I preach that like well, we're live right now. We're, I know. we're living and preaching and being the best version. <laughs> I know, right? So, so Brandon, you know, I started this a little over four years ago. It's It was literally to help people have a breakthrough in life. At the time, I was stuck in some crap. And, um, and, and I'm like, you know what? If I just get enough people to talk about life and how they got through it, then maybe it'll help me. And it did. And it has. And it works. So, um why don't you start with telling everybody where you were born and raised? Yeah. So born and raised, I grew up in Northeast Iowa, uh, town Garnavillo, Iowa. It's uh, kind of like 700 people might've actually population one of maybe went down a little bit since then, but uh, <laughs> it's a small town in Iowa. So I, I was surrounded by cornfields. Actually, I was just back a week ago and I run around the town. I, I was thinking about it. I've been running the same route for 20 years and so the route around the town, picture this, three miles, but that's running around the whole town. And so the whole outside of the town is cornfields. So the town is surrounded by cornfields. Wow. And so that's where I grew up. Uh, my dad was an entrepreneur. He, he started out, he sold, uh, he had like, they called it a lunch wagon. So he sold out of a trailer of food. Then he got into buying and selling airboats. I think he's bought and sold like 35 airboats in the last uh, how many years? And so he made money from that, but he got into the ice business in 1986 and he sold packaged ice. So he was a wholesale distributor. And so he would buy from the manufacturer that created the, the cubed ice. They'd get packaged. He would buy it. He would sell it to convenience stores. And so I was born in 89. And then I always say, as soon as I got out of the womb, I was working in the ice business. I mean, I was <laughs> an entrepreneur at a young age. And so that was the form formulation, I guess, of me as an entrepreneur. Because I got to see, heck, when I was five, I was working with my dad. I remember when I got paid like five or ten dollars a day, and then I was getting paid like five dollars an hour and, and so on. And so I was working within the ice business, working strenuous work from delivering ice, but also customer service, sales, 
conversations, negotiation, all that. And so I got to really see what it was like to create a business. Right. And then fast forward, I went to college and I did more entrepreneur endeavors like selling apple pie, which is like a moonshine in the dorm rooms, uh, making some money. And then uh, I actually like got kicked out of my dorms before the year was done. And I had a 1.68 GPA. So like my educational side for book smart, like I was not doing well, yeah. but I was learning. And so I share that journey because what happened is I got introduced to the right kind of like mindset early on when I was 20, I was in a, I was failing of all things, by the way, think of this. I was failing speech class, oh, failing speech class and you have to give presentations and to get extra credit to pass. I had to go to a presentation and I went and there's a gentleman named Cactus Shack Behringer who was a famous like inventor and he had done a deal on Shark Tank. And so he came to class. I listened, but he had pointed out this book called Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I read the book and it just, it completely changed how I thought. And it made me realize that I don't need, like, I could do beyond the ice business. I can really do whatever my mind's set to. And it made me open up to what's possible. And yeah. so that really changed the trajectory of what I did in my life. And I'm still in the ice business, but I am selling the business, doing other things. And so that's my beginning. Small town in Iowa, selling ice, and then selling moonshine in college, and then uh, reading the book, Thinking You're Rich. Wow. So crazy, dude. My uh, uh... A buddy of mine growing up, his father owned an ice business and I worked. That's cool. That's awesome. (laughs) It's so cold. What was the name? Oh, Lord. I don't remember. His name was Frank Emmelhines. I remember that, but uh, I forget that. I'll 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 remember. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But yeah, it was here in Ohio. So. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, yeah. It's crazy that you think like people can make money selling ice. You can, <laughs> like, you can believe it or not. It's yeah. crazy. But lugging those bags of ice around and throwing them on. Tr- oh, that was anyway, a lot of work. So it's, it's a, it's serious work. And I grew up in with farm fields around and, and, yeah. you know, I didn't grow up on a farm. I don't know if you, you doesn't sound like you're on small a town. Farm. Yeah. But you, you end up working at farms because you have friends that have farms, right? It, I mean, if you've ever bailed hay before, <laughs> you know what work is. Dude, I've said, I have said, I think every kid should come out of high school. First, they need to learn how to go door to door and sell stuff. But second, bail hay for a minute. Go bail hay for one summer and uh, or it, it'll change your life. It, it will well, bail hay in the summer when it's 90 degrees and you got a t-shirt. I mean, don't wear a t-shirt, but like it, you get cut up and it's, uh, it's, it's real work. You, you end up with little slivers of hay in places you can't even imagine. Like you your nerves, like it's, it's hay. It, yeah. Anyways, yeah. go experience it for yourself at least once. Yeah. I mean, it, but you know, it, and it is, it, it sucks. I mean, I'm just being real. It really does, but it teaches you a work ethic that, that is beyond what most people are even aware of. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I think that's for me, we live in an online world now and obviously people sell education and people sell, there's all kinds of things in digital world that you literally yeah. got a phone and you're good to go. I really, I'm grateful for understanding the, like 
the strenuous work, brick and motor work, <laughs> working yeah. a business, trucks, employees, using my back, because it taught me a lot of things. And it made me realize what I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I'm, it got a different perspective on business that not everybody gets in this day and age. Yep. It's true. It's true. So did you, did, did you graduate college? Did I miss that? I, I did. I somehow oh. graduated, uh, my degree business management and a minor in entrepreneur studies. And here, here's the funny thing on it all, because my first semester, 1.68, a GPA almost dropped out. I did fight it through. I don't even know what my ending GPA was. It wasn't great, but I do remember getting out of college and then working. And then I knew I wanted to go back just to like take a couple of classes at college for marketing. I took uh, graduate classes. I remember going and taking a marketing class and graduate. I, I, I was a leg at the time. I went to the professor and said, just so you know, I, I want to take some things out of this. I'm paying for this out of my own pocket. I'm paying you. I'm not going to show up to every class. I just, I want to learn a couple things here. And that's what it was. And I, I remember showing up to the exam and I was never good at taking tests. I showed up and I said, you even want me to come because I'm going to fail. Like <laughs> I, I didn't study, I, but I got what I needed out of this. Right. Showed up. I got halfway through and I'm like, screw <laughs> this. Like I'm, I, don't, I don't, I handed it in. The guy passed me with a C, but here's the best part. Four years later, I spoke in front of the university at the College of Business and talked about success in front of the group. And I looked in the audience and there was the guy smiling. Oh <laughs> I thought my. to myself, your degree, like what you get on paper doesn't necessarily call you a success. That doesn't matter. I mean, depending on what industry you're in. For me, I always understood how to get things done and surround myself with those people that are really smart. Yeah. And and so that was like a moment for me that I realized, wow, I don't need to get great grades in college. I don't even need to pass college. I created my own version of success in my own way. Yeah. And so that was a, a cool little moment for me. That's incredible, man. So so you um so you got so you got out of college. Um did you continue in the ice business? What did, where did things go once you graduated college? Yeah. So I got out of college and on my last semester of college, I invented this product called Arctic stick to cool and flavor drinks. And so I was obsessed with the whole concept because I, again, I read the book thinking go rich and I wanted to expand how I thought I wanted to find more ways to make money. And at that time in my life, what I know ice. So I wanted to create something that supplemented my income there. And so I created a reusable product called Arctic stick. And I, I ended up getting patents, trademarks and pursuing and launching the product. But that was, again, that was kind of my new endeavor from yeah. the ice business. And so what happened is I eventually sold ice. I eventually bought the business for my dad, then sold it. But then that invention led me to a whole nother route. So it led me to crowdfunding led me to video production, led me to understand how to pitch in front of groups. And so that idea never really made me any money, but it did introduce me to things that allowed me to make a lot of money. Now we raise money for companies, we do video production, I get pitched every day. I actually was pitching to a group of investors the other week, but that was the experience I gained from that endeavor that opened me up to other areas outside of that that now I focus on today. But you took that invention, your idea, you went to Shark Tank, right? So I went to Shark. Here's what I did. 
I was always strategic. So I went to Shark Tank casting in Des Moines, Iowa. There was probably, I don't know, 400 people or so that went to it. They went to this big Des Moines event center. And the week before they came, I knew I wanted to get attention of the, the judges before we even went. And what I did is I got a local story done because I knew they're going to want to talk to inventors. So I pitched them a great story. And literally the day before I went on Shark Tank casting, I got the cover of Des Moines Register, which is a huge paper in that city. And so yeah. I was on the front cover prior to going in, which gave me kind of a one-up because the news already knew about me. And then what I did, which is nuts, but I was young 20-something kid, I pitched to the group because there was TVs around or camera crews around. I pitched to the group, the whole line. There's a whole line, hundreds of people. Right. And I said, listen up. I said it really loud. And I have this on camera. My uh, girlfriend, now wife, recorded it. My <laughs> name is Brandon T. Adams. You may have seen me in the newspaper. I'm the inventor of the Arctic stick. And I'm going to give you my pitch. And I did it. And here's why I did it. Because I knew TV, like Shark Tank's TV. It's entertainment. They want energy. And yeah. so I had cameras that filmed me. Also, all the judges heard about what just happened, and they they couldn't wait to hear my thing. And so I already was on the radar. Three hours later, when I actually gave the pitch, and my by the my girlfriend now wife was with me. She had these Arctic sticks on her. We pitched, and then they kept us actually after, which I thought was like pitching again for the sharks, but it was actually pitching. It was actually getting filmed for a commercial for U.S. Cellular, and so. We were the last ones to leave the building out of hundreds of people. Wow. We never got called back. But it's funny because a few years later, I partnered with one of the original sharks. And now we, we, we have investments. And I, that's why I live in Florida is because he lives here. And so Kevin? I ended up getting my – yeah, Kevin Harrington. So I ended yeah. up getting my deal with the shark, but a way bigger deal. Like yeah. we've – built massive like wealth through our own ways outside the invention but it's funny how things work full circle that's insane man that is so awesome what was okay how old were you when you were standing there pitching the whole other line of of other pitchers so 2000 this was 2014 wow. so that was what eight years ago so 32 i was 20 i was 24 years old 24 what in the world made you think i need to scream hey everybody <laughs> like, i when i was younger i mean i've always been motivated and i wanted to stand out and i was always very like i believed in myself and i always yeah. believed where i was going and sometimes i'd have last for a moment things and looking back i'm like that is crazy <laughs> but i i always knew that it made me stand out yeah and so Doing those kind of things is what got people to know who I was. Yes. Yeah, so, by the way, some people in the line like turned their head and were like, "What are you doing?" Looked like I looked at me like I was an idiot. And then some of those people were like, "That was the smartest thing you could have done." And and then my 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 wife was like, <laughs> she didn't know what to think. But those are the things I did early on in my career that made me stand out, where people attracted to me. Because yeah. I was always like spontaneous, entertaining, like energetic. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was random, crazy, but it worked. So you knew intuitively I've got to get attention. And that's amazing, man. That's amazing. I, I always knew it. I always, I always knew if I wanted something, 
I had to get it. Nobody was going to do it for me. Mm. And early on in my career, I've always talked about this. It may have came off as ignorance or cockiness, but really it, it was just me being confident in myself because I had to do that in order for me to actually believe what I could do. Yeah. Because people see that and they had draw to that. And, and I've learned to tone off like that little craziness and be more, I, I also achieved more success and don't need to improve as much, but yeah. it, it right. was a, a start of my career that really made me into who I am. What about the moments? Because I, 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 I know it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. No, no, no. What about the moments where um, you didn't believe in yourself? Like you thought, oh, God, I've, you know, we're not getting through this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of them. And yeah. it's, I always push through and I always sometimes question myself. I thought I was crazy and questioned if it was worth what I was doing because I always knew like you got to pay a price, but there are moments where I asked, is it worth paying the price? And, mm. and whether it's a financial situation to money or everybody was against you, or maybe something totally goes wrong yeah. in a way that you did not see the curveball coming. And so for me, what was important for me to push through was being around the right people that gave me, and it was, it was more difficult at the beginning because I didn't have the mentors I have today, but I always, it was like the self-motivation. So little things I did, I always worked out in the morning to like, for me, that was like to conquer the day. Also, I would, I would feed my mind with self-development and then I would do mantras. I still do in the morning. I would speak in the mirror and say who I was and what I was becoming. I had to do those things to like really prime myself to, tackle that negative experience that was in front of me. Yep. Uh, and it, it was what it was, but I guess going back to the book, thinking you're rich, one takeaway I had, and I always thought about was Napoleon Hill said, our greatest successes are just beyond our darkest times, right. the, the brightest days are beyond our darkest nights. And what I found out is if you keep pushing forward, it's like the three feet from gold story. You might be three feet from gold. That was my mindset. So when I hit the biggest obstacles, I thought, I may be one phone call away, one meeting, one conversation, one video, one experience away that could get me my breakthrough, which got my gold or my win. Yeah. And so having that mindset is what helps you push forward even through the dark times. And after you have been through enough storms and have got to their side and saw the gold, you know it's a part of the journey. Because I've yeah. had those moments where I feel like I'm going to quit and about to lose everything and then I have the biggest win of my life. And so once you have a couple of them under your belt, you know it's a part of the journey. And you almost can predict it's going to come. It's just, when is it going to come? Right. So when you, when you, um, have you noticed this Facebook is, just, uh, anyway, I won't even go there. The, the, it doesn't show people's names quite often. It's happening. I see that, but Hey, yeah. somebody's listening and watching. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. So, so when you you so you you get out of college and and you and had this invention along the way and um i'm sure that along along that journey though because the although the ice business is is fruitful um it's not it's not you know selling iphones yeah it's you know it, did you have struggles along the way oh i had plenty because you can make money in the ice business. I mean, obviously yeah. the business put my dad 
like through his career and also as kids through college and I created a business out of it. But I also, yeah. I had seen what it'd take from working in different endeavors, what the ice business at the highest level was. Yeah. And I did not like it. I saw <laughs> it and I realized like, okay, I can't even make the income kind of goals I'm thinking. And this is the kind of work. I mean, being in the ice business isn't necessarily an easy job, but you've got to work a lot, especially in the summer. And it's a very strenuous job that you've got to manage employees and drivers and everything else. And so I, I realized I didn't always want to do that. And so getting to the question is, okay, do I have strenuous times? Yes, because what I did is I took all my income that I made in the ice business and I put it into my endeavors for the future, whether video production, I put it into my invention, everything else. My friends were buying boats and cars and everything else. I had my endeavors. And yeah. so I was strapping myself. The problem is I always strapped myself very tight where there were certain experiences I had where it really put me in a tough situation where I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do here? Right. And so I did experience that. And, and I just, I kept pushing forward. I mean, again, I was always thinking long-term in any investment I've ever done, whether investing my own money in a company or investing my time and energy, a part of something, I look at what is my long-term return? Not a quick buck. I've never been quick buck. He's always looked into the future of building the empire. And so that what's, that's what it was early on. And so, yes, I'll give you a couple examples. I moved to Des Moines once and started a product development company while in the ice business, driving back and forth. And when I went to Des Moines, I had all this set up and everything fell through and I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. And so like, I, by the way, I convinced my girlfriend at the time, my wife, to leave her full-time job and join me and told her she had a full-time salary. And then I told her, oh, we got nothing. And so I've uh, had those experiences. I've had it where financially almost like lost everything because I leveraged myself too much and also went through some financial crises, how to buy business partners out and everything else where I almost went bankrupt because I had all these endeavors I was doing financing myself. And then if you hit a couple brick walls, then you're in a bad position where I'm negative thousands of dollars and I got bankers and debt collectors calling me. And so I've had those experiences. I'm very grateful by the way, because they give you, they make you look at life differently. Life yep. is a game. It is a game. There's a, what is a piece of the puzzle you got to fill, especially when you're in a big financial crisis. I learned the power of negotiation and that what some things see may not be the reality. Anything is possible. You just got to talk to somebody different than you're talking to. And I figured out how to really overcome the unthinkable from yeah. almost facing bankruptcy, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and not really knowing what I was going to do to building massive wealth and getting out of that situation in a matter of like 18 months. And so wow. anything really is possible. And I honestly think it is an advantage for somebody to face the financial crisis to allow them to be smarter on how they allocate their money down the road. And what's uh, the book, Damon John? Uh, it's the power of broke. Yeah, Broke yep. is a powerful thing. And thinking yes. in a way that allows you to conserve your cash and be smart with it. So true, man. So as you, as you were going through this and you did your, you had your invention, um, what was it called? The ice, what are the Arctic stick, the Arctic stick. Sorry. Um, yeah. so you had that you're, you're, you're doing all, all the stuff. Eventually you, you, you know, you mentioned that you partnered with, um, Kevin Harrington, uh, yeah. who were some of the big mentors back then 
that kind of you know yeah. pushed you along so the first i mean my dad was my very first mentor and always yeah. still is a mentor that i go to and yeah. you have mentors in different areas of your life and he, he gave me perspective and things and cactus jack Berenger, the guy that was the guy did a deal with kevin and shark tank um he was a mentor from the inventing space but i also in a long sight knew that he would get me to kevin harrington one day and then he became a mentor so kevin became a great mentor another one was jeff hoffman uh serial entrepreneur from priceline.com yeah. um, became a mentor and i have a few other mentors i've had over the years and and those people what i did is i knew early on that i wanted to find people that had already achieved what i wanted to achieve right and i wanted to find a way to help them make them money and get into business for them because they could help me get there quicker and so those are some of those people um yeah. because you're talking entrepreneurs that have created billion dollar companies and build massive wealth and and fame or whatever you call your version of success and yeah and so they they allowed me to think bigger i mean some of the things i do today i would have never understood until i met the kevin harringtons of the world because they were doing things that i didn't even know were possible like the kind of deals they were doing i didn't know you could like do million dollar deals and all that kind of stuff until right. i saw what the giants were doing and then it became my norm and I didn't see any difference. Some people think I'm crazy, but I would have thought I was crazy if I didn't know before then, right? You don't right. know what you don't know. And the only way you can expand your mind is when you're around people that are doing things at the highest level in the field you want to be in. And so that's been my philosophy in life, finding those people that are doing at the highest level, coming to them and not saying, will you be my mentor? Because everybody does that. Coming to them and either hiring them paying for their time or helping them achieve whatever their goal was. It could be they're launching a book. It could be they need a business deal done. Hey, maybe you're helping them with one of their endeavors. How can you come from a place of value, add massive value? Don't expect anything, but it will come back to you. I, I, dude, I've said that so many times. Yeah. You get the you get the messages on LinkedIn where people immediately start pitching you on something, right? Oh, and it's like horrible. It, it really it's the wrong way. And and so so talk about the because I I totally agree. I watch Ramy doing billion dollar deals, and I'm like, dude, where does that level? Because uh, I know that's the only thing that separates it. us is our level of of what we believe is possible, mm -hmm. right? And yep. and so when you went from doing thousands of dollars to millions of dollars in deals, what yeah. where was the shift? And do you remember the shift? Because it is there is a moment I think for most of us where the light switch comes on. You're like, oh, the moment you, for me. There was multiple moments, but the, the moment for me where I realized where I could make exponential amount of money is I had, I was sitting down for breakfast with a, a friend of mine. This is back in 2008, you know, 17, 2017. Yeah. And I was talking about my business partners and relationships I had. And somebody said, hey, if you make this introduction and make this, I'll make sure you got cut into the deal. And I didn't really understand that at that time. Basically, you would get paid a referral for doing bringing the deal together, brokering right. the deal. Right. And so I did that because a week later, I didn't think anything of it. They reached out to me and said, hey, you, you ever thought about this? And I ended up bringing a couple key players to the table and negotiating the deal that got me stock and actually was my first million dollar deal I negotiated. My stock was worth $1.3 And so 
I did wow. that deal. And after I signed the deal, I realized, holy shit, <laughs> what I just did made me more money than the previous years of my life by just one real connection and relationship and taking action. And so that completely changed how I looked at money and how I spend my time and energy because so many people are, I work hard, by the way, I, I work hard and as you grow, but there's so many people that work hard, they work by the hour, but they don't think about the exponential rate of return that they can achieve through the right people they are around yeah. and negotiating the right proposal and deal. And so once that happened for me, there's no going back. <laughs> there's no going back. Like it completely opened my mind. And then I just accelerated, did more of them and found more opportunities and, and so on. I I totally agree with everything you just said. Once you become a pickle, you can't go back to being a cucumber. Yep. <laughs> it's like, like, no, I'm I'm in now. So so I know eventually, and I, I wanna I wanna get to what's on the shelf behind you. Yeah. Um you've you've won a couple of Emmy Awards and and you've done some some big things. So you know, I nowhere along the journey here did I hear you say I studied video production and editing and and, yeah. and all of that. Um, talk about how you got into that industry because that's I, I yeah, it's a huge industry. I love that industry. So in 2014, literally months before Shark Tank casting call and pitching for that group. I, I got into shooting more videos online, doing Facebook videos. Uh, I, I don't know what I had then, a flip phone or whatever it was. And I remember buying a, yeah, I know, right? That's back then. And I bought a, a Canon 70D that uh, I purchased and I recorded part of my journey in entrepreneurship, like a vlog almost. And I also recorded videos and posted them online. I was podcasting back then too. I yeah. did literally weekly shows and and so I was creating more video content, but what happened is that invention goes back to what I learned from the invention and how it led me to today is I, I did a Kickstarter campaign. So kickstarter.com crowdfunding platform. Yeah. I launched the, I had a video I created, which was horrible by the way. And I launched this program, raised some money, but I, I got done with the campaign I did. And I realized that there's a need in the market for people to raise money. And so I started becoming the self-proclaimed like crowdfunding expert. And so I was studying crowdfunding and I, I had one campaign under my belt. And so I started doing a few more, but I was also along that time, I, I was creating more of my own videos for my own brand, which I didn't even call it personal branding. It was more just marketing myself. Yeah. And so I did some modeling and acting. I was getting commercials. I made no money doing them, but I got experience. Right. And then where I had my first kind of real aha moment of what video could do is in 2015, I had the opportunity to work with a guy named John Lee Dumas, a podcaster. And John had come on my show and then every show I always said, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I can do. And I said, Hey, I'm a crowdfunding expert. I'd love to help you if you know anybody or yourself. And he said, well, I'm actually looking at doing a Kickstarter campaign for my book, the freedom journal. I saw what Seth Godin did and it's, it's a good marketing outlet yeah. because John didn't need the money. I mean, he was always a, already a multimillionaire successful podcaster. Right, right. And so I took on the project and six months later we launched and 
obviously he told stories through his podcast. We created video. I was more kind of the advisory side. I didn't shoot the video, but we, we did a half a million dollars in a month for a book. Made it the wow. fifth largest campaign in history. Went on to do another book. I mean, did millions of dollars. One of the most successful campaigns in that category. And so I saw the power of what video production could do. And I saw the power of storytelling. So what I did is while I was doing crowdfunding, I doubled down on video production and I created a company called Accelerate Media Group. So we were shooting commercials, promos, all this different stuff. And I was working on Stop Flying and everything. I was creating a mass amount of content, creating my own shows and stuff. But I really understood the power of video production where yeah. my first like real call break came is because you know how to raise money. Everybody wants, everybody needs to raise money, right? Everybody needs money. Yeah. Yeah. And so a guy named Greg Roulette came to me and he said, hey, I got a, a pilot run of this TV show called Ambitious Adventures. I shot a pilot. I want to create a whole season for it. Help me raise money through crowdfunding. I will make you my co-host and we'll go shoot the show. I said, yes. 60 days later, the money was raised. We shot season one. The show got an Emmy nomination. We Entrepreneur Network, Amazon Prime, Facebook Watch, all these different deals. This is back again, back six years ago. Wow. And so I had my first break in TV. And, and so then I saw the power of what it did for my brand. And then I got really obsessed. And then I created the show Live the Grind. I created the show Success in Your City. We did the Think and the Rich movie. And then we won some Emmys. And, and then I, I really just kind of took it to another level. But I'll tell you what I did, Ken. I became so obsessed that every dollar I made went into I spent over a million dollars of my own money. I was like completely insane obsessed. I knew I want to be the best. And what happened is, yes, I almost went bankrupt, but I did it. <laughs> but I really saw the power of what storytelling and video production can do for you if you use right. And so I now know how to use that for the companies I'm a shareholder of, public companies, private companies. Wow. And then I have some clients that I advise and doing that at a high level because they've never it's hard for them to see the return when they're in the spending mode here. Now that I saw the return, I said, Hey, this is a part of the journey. It'll work. You just got to keep sticking with it. And so that's how I got into video production. That's how it led me to the Emmys. And that's now what led me to where I'm at today. Wow. So John, John Lee Dumas is a friend of mine. He's been on the show and, yeah. and I, I bring him up often because People are like, well, how's your show do? I'm like, well, sometimes it sucks during, you know, during the live stream. John Lee Dumas told me I'm in the top one percent in the world. So I love you know, that. I mean, from him, I, I'll take it. That's a win, you know. So, so you know, uh, wow, man. And it wasn't like you had. This is the part where I think people don't understand. Like, it wasn't like you had this. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying what you've accomplished. It's incredible, but you didn't have any special, like I can see the future. I have this no. crystal ball. You, you didn't have that. You just said, I'm just willing to risk it and let's go. I, it's the burn, the burn the ships, like burn the ships. Don't look back. And I burned them and it, I went like, I'm the definition of burn the ships and, and commit everything. And, it's yeah. by the way, I don't, I mean, not most people won't ever do it. Um, and I can see why, and mm -hmm. it takes, yeah, I gotta be a little bit insane, 
but I will tell you now on the other side, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, and now I'm grateful to say I'm on their side. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So <laughs> let me ask you, um, and, and you did the think and grow rich and, and James referred you to me, which is incredible. Um, what was your part in that with, with, um, the think and grow rich movie? Yeah. So 2016, I go by years because I just remember the yeah. timeline. Yeah. Um, 2016, I was in my backyard in Iowa. Back then I had a home in that small town, still nice business, recorded a Facebook live. And, uh, I had eight viewers is all, but one of those viewers was a guy named, uh, uh, man, I'm not Sean. Uh, I'll think of it here in a second, but he was, he was one of the producers of the film and, and he was, uh, he reached out to me and said, Hey, for one, I think you'd be a great person to be featured in the, the project because you're a huge Think and Grow Rich fan and you obsessed over it, obviously. But yeah. two, we're thinking on doing a crowdfunding campaign. It's Joel Franco. Joel Franco is who saw me. Okay. And so what happened is I got on a call with him. I said, I want to take this on. I want to help you guys. And that was in June. We launched a campaign in, I think it was September, October timeframe. And they had already raised money because John Shin was the initial guy that put the money up to start the project. They were like yeah. 30% in. And so I came in and I really got consumed. It just started with crowdfunding, but then I was on set for the interviews. With I was there for the John Lee Dumas interview, the jo Joel Brown, the Joel Brown, the Jim Stovall. I was there on set as they did this. And so we did the Indiegogo campaign. It did 380 some thousand, I think it was. It was at the time the largest docudrama campaign in history for crowdfunding on Indiegogo. Wow. But it also led to more funding. So basically I helped, it was a group effort, but I helped fund about half of the film through what we did. And then I was a part of, we did the premiere. We sold out a theater. Um, there was, I don't know how many hundreds of people in downtown LA, LA live. We actually filmed that. We had the red carpet. I interviewed Bob Proctor, Sharon Lecter, JB Hill. Um, Rob Deerdick, Lewis Howes, all these people that are a part of the project, we we were there for that, and then the distribution. So it's now in English, Spanish, uh, Czech Republic. It's multi million dollar project, very successful film, and so that's how I, I, I got involved. Really by Facebook Live, they wanted me to help them raise the money. I raised the money. I got more involved. I got in the film. Became an investor. It just it was a, a long process, but uh, definitely a baby. Um, yeah. We all had our, it. Was, we we're all part of the process. I mean, but the process took the book to the next level. I yeah. mean, 130 million copies are sold. We came together as a mastermind group and distributed the film to millions of people. And it takes the book now, the film to another level. And it just, it's built more awareness to people of what's possible. You know, uh, it, <sighs> I bought the movie. It was $97, I think, or yep. 99. You bought the yeah. whole package then. Yep. You got the yeah. movie and the success kit. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I, it's such a good, it's a, it's a great film. And I think, you know, the, because I remember when I bought it, I was like, why am I paying $97 for a movie? <laughs> That's insane. I know, right. But, but, but it I was, was worth, rich. yeah, it's worth every penny. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, and my wife is on here and I, I, this is so important. She says, all you needed was eight views. And, and dude, I say this all the time. I'm sure you do. You never know who's watching. You just don't, 
you don't it's know. one view one, one view. view and they may not even comment on your live stream they probably won't <laughs> they'll learn <laughs> right right so so let me ask you i ask this question on every every show number one answer is fear so you have to do better than that um but the 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 question is in your opinion what do you think holds people back in life from two things and these are related i believe um number one is financial financial success real financial success and and two is um freedom happiness I think they I think they're related because I've been broke and homeless and I've I've been wealthy and wealthy is way better. Mm -hmm. It it's the people they allow in their life. It mm. it is yeah. people allow the wrong people in their life and they allow them to stay. Um I mean it's one thing to be around the right people, yeah. but it's another thing too you have to shut out certain people. And, and it's not an easy thing to do because there are friends you may have now that as you go to another stage of your life, you, you may no longer need. And that sounds kind of like ruthless, but they might not bring value to your life anymore or support what you're doing. Because as you become, let's say, more successful and whatever that is, some people don't like that. Some people are intimidated by that. So I think what holds people back, they don't know how to shut certain people out of their life and keep the good ones in. What would you, and I, I agree with you. It's the most valuable lesson. I think I learned from Grant Cardone is, is you gotta, you gotta he probably knows that more than most people. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta cut them out. Right. <clears throat> so what, how do you, I mean, there are family members even sometimes that that'll, mm -hmm. that'll hold you back. How do you do it? How, what would you say to somebody? It's like, well, it's, you know, a husband, a spouse, a wife, a, a, a parent, a whatever, um, or just friends. How do you just sever or do you sever? You just kind of distance. So every situation is different. I mean, for family, yeah. maybe you limit the amount of time. I mean, if it's your close family, it, it's you just maybe you only see them during Christmas. Right. And you learn to block out like their way of communication and yeah. know that's just energy you don't need. Um, yeah. I mean, so love them. It doesn't mean you're with them all the time. Right. Um, friends could be a conversation, like conversation you have, like, Hey, here's where I'm going. And I don't like how your, your energy. So that could be it. Or maybe you just don't really talk to them anymore and, and don't yeah. spend any time on that relationship. Now the significant other, They'll say in that your significant other will make you or break you, which is so true. Um, yeah. They have to be on the right page, the same page as you, because if not, it will not work. And it also will limit your success. And that's always been one thing in my wife that I communicate. We've always communicated because it wasn't an early. I mean, come on. Right after I got married, like we almost went bankrupt. That's not a good situation to be in. And, <laughs> and you're dealing with that like, hey, <laughs> stay with me. It's not the easy thing. But it was open communication and fighting. Yeah, think about that. Like, hey, we just got married. And then, oh, by the way, if we go bankrupt, you're part of that. Um, <laughs> it's not a good conversation to have. And so <laughs> so, so you got to be open communication and knowing. I mean, she knew going into the relationship, like, that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. But also, it, if the other person is pulling you back and not supporting you, you have to have a real conversation. Sadly, most people are probably in the wrong relationship and they might have to leave that relationship. 
I know there's a death for you part. I know some people change. And if that person, you look at yourself, I look at this. We only live here so long. So let's say you're 35, 40 years old and person you married 10 years prior, you're in relationship with, but they're a completely different person. You told them, hey, like we need to, you try to communicate with them and they change. You have a choice to make. Do you want to commit and be in that relationship, but also you're, I don't want to say your life's over, but you're not going to get the things you want in life. Or do you have to do the most difficult thing where you have to end that to put yourself in an atmosphere to achieve what you want? That is something, and some people will ridicule, they'll say that I'm an asshole for even saying this, but these are the things you need to do in order to have success in life. That's why I said at the beginning, success has a price. What is the price you're willing to pay? And so sometimes it's having that open conversation, but Again, you, you got to do what you got to do to be successful. It, you got to be selfish. You do. I have no yep. kids. I, I'm very selfish in where I'm going. Maybe it'll change, but it, again, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's not. You know, I, I remember right after my wife and I met and, and got married and we decided um, to, to team up in the same company and open an office. And we had a handful of employees. And this one day, a guy knocks on my door, comes in my office and says, there's some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I'm like, dude, you're bigger than me. Go out there and kick his ass. I mean, tell him to get the hell out of here. Why, why are... He's like, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. And I was like, tow truck? Oh, oh. no. <laughs> oh, no. You've been, you been there? <laughs> oh, dude. And I was like, Oh, this sucks, man. And I don't know if you've ever tried to talk a repo guy out of taking your car in front of a bunch of your employees, but it's, I remember, dude, it was the worst moment of my life. It felt like it. Like I was like, this is humiliating. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think about all the people that give up and I, I, I remember that day, like I almost gave up on life period. I was like, what's the point? This is ridiculous. I'm humiliated. And you know, what do you say to those people that feel like they've tried everything they've given it all they have and, and their, their stuff's getting repoed, their electrics being shut off. I've had that. I swear I've had, I've been through it all, but you know, and, and they just feel like, what's the Did point? You did you huh? stop them? Did you get the car? Did you stop them? No, no. Yeah, I didn't think not so. that good, man. He's like, sorry, bud. You got to call your bank. I'm like, <laughs> so, oh, that bank that's been calling me wanting the payment. That bank? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's funny. I actually, I, I knew a guy that had a car repo and the Christmas presents were in the trunk when they took it. Oh, uh, yeah. No. So I, I will share this. Like I have been through the store, man. We can relay. I, yeah. when I, my vehicle got repoed, my wife had it and I was like four hours away and she went to start, she had just started a new job and she went to start the vehicle. It's winter. And she said, Brandon, the vehicle's gone. And I was like three months behind. Oh. And the problem is I had a nicer vehicle so they can track that shit. And so because I would always park in an area where they couldn't find it. And so they found it, they repoed it. And I, I'll never forget. Screamed. I went downstairs. I was at my parents' house. I just started bawling and like, what am I going to do? Yeah, because it, it wasn't just me. It was my wife. So she had to get an Uber home. Ugh. And by the way, in that 30 day span, 
weekend. The bank sent me a later letter. They were taking my land. I had to sell my land. The bank uh, took everything from me and they wanted me to file bankruptcy. I didn't. I had debt collectors. I, I was in the most horrible. I couldn't even like I was living in a 3000 month apartment that I was behind on. I couldn't even get some tuna because I had no credit cards. <laughs> and so those experience to your question, what do you do? There's yep. only one way to go. It's going up. And the thing is you can throw in the towel and there's one thing that I can promise you, you will never achieve what you wanted to achieve, or you can keep fighting and it'll give you a chance to go towards what you're going towards. Yeah. And so for me, I kept fighting every day. One little thing you can do. I sold, heck, I sold the TV off my wall. I sold my guitar for 80 bucks. I sold everything. And by the way, I didn't want to sell my guitar for 80 bucks. Right. My wife sold her purse. She sold her clothes. And so we did what we had to do. And you learn to become resourceful. Yeah. It comes back to who are you around? I was lucky enough to have the right mentors in my life. And no, I didn't ask them for money. Right. I asked them for guidance. Yeah. And so their wisdom helped me dig out of my hole and it allowed me to propel forward. And so you just got to keep getting up, keep waking up, getting one foot in front of the other, find your next win yeah. and, and tackle one thing at a time. And that's what I did. I mean, I lost the vehicle. Um, I, the, the cool thing was though, I went in, uh, actually a year ago, it was my like success moment. Like I went and bought a brand new one exactly like it. I'm like, I got it. Back. <laughs> Uh, but dude, that's so awesome, man. That's so awesome. I mean, there's no, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, even Grant, like you look at Grant, who's a billionaire and, 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 you know, he talks about being, having his face kicked in by drug dealers and stuff. And, you know, I mean, he, we've all been through the stuff and that's why I love like, dude, you're so raw and real. And I love that about you. you. You're not trying to be you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. So if, if somebody asked you like, Hey, what's, how do I get to the next level in my business right now? What's the number one piece of advice you would give them at this moment? I could give you a million things, but I think the biggest thing that I can relate to anything is do something that scares the hell out of you. Mm. And, and no matter what level of success you're at, and I, I'll go to this Grant Cardone thing I was thinking about. Uh, Lewis Howes was interviewing Grant Cardone, and Lewis Howes challenged him to like do a billion dollar fund or raise a billion dollars. And Grant at the time was thinking like I don't know, maybe a half of that, whatever it was. Yeah. And Grant first got a little defensive, and he thought what? And then he realized that he needed to eat his own dog food, and and he went and did it. He yeah. I don't know, four million billion dollar assets under man management. Yeah. And yeah. so. That's why it's important to surround yourself with people that will challenge how you think and do something that covers those. So whatever you think, like whatever scares you, it's good. Go towards that and do that. And then if you want to be more strategic on a business standpoint, for me, I think if you can invest time and effort into creating video assets and also creating a digital footprint online, that will be a great ROI for you now and in the future. And that's one thing I've done right now. You know, um, there are people, my wife, my, my wife is saying that your, your story will help so many people. That's the thing I, I talk about too, man. Like people think that 
I remember Grant, because I was an Android guy. I wouldn't own an Apple product back in 2014. I was like, no, Steve Jobs sucks. And I don't know why I even thought that. But, you know, I remember Grant saying, you got to go live. You got to use Periscope. You got to do this thing. And, And I bought an iPhone just for that purpose. And, and it wasn't perfect. And that's the thing. Do you agree with that? Do you think that people are waiting for everything to be perfect before they pull the trigger? They are. And the, the, the news is it's never going to be perfect. You just got to jump. You just got to go. Mm-hmm. You learn. And eventually, if you try enough things, you'll eventually get in the perfect position at the right time because you tried enough things. That's right. Amen. So where, where, let me ask, where, where can everybody, let me put this up. What's your website address? Yeah. So my website is brandontadams.com. Uh, you can find everything there. And I, one of the big things I have now is I do an, an annual event around video marketing and storytelling called Rise and Record, which is uh, riseandrecord.com, 51 days away. And excited. That's one of the, my big passions is creating experiences to help people and bring them together for a couple of days. Where do you do that? This one is in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, downtown Nashville. we got a pretty epic lineup of performers and speakers and um, my wife and I do it together. So from experiencing the facing bankruptcy to car repos to putting on big events. <laughs> Dude, how awful. Have you ever had your wife at the store and like you're panicking like, oh God, I hope she doesn't spend too much. Or you go up and you're with somebody and you hope they buy the coffee because you don't have any <laughs> credit on your Dude, car. I'm... <laughs> Well, I will buy you coffee when we meet, man. Uh, I, 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 man, I love your story and your energy, and and I, I hope that we can do more together because I, I we speak the same language, we really do. So, um, and and what's the what's the website address for the other for the event again? My wife yeah, will type it in the comments. It's rise and record. So riseandrecord.com. R I S E and record.com. Okay. Um, pretty right. stoked. Is it? And so tickets are for sale. T- tickets are still for sale. It hasn't sold out yet. Um, so Kevin Harrington, my mentor from Shark Tank, will be there. Wow. Uh, if you ever heard the song "Cruise" by Florida Georgia Line, yeah. uh, Brian Kelly, the one of the lead guys there, is performing our event, speaking. And then we have a lot of other great speakers, mentors. Sean Lee Dumas will be there. Entrepreneurs on Fire. He's flying oh. in from Puerto Rico, so it'll be a good week. JLD man he is he is awesome. So Brandon thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom and 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 being transparent man. It's My pleasure. Phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, so um everybody ha- if you'll hang on for me Brandon I'm going to wrap this up and um everybody make sure you go to rise and record. My wife typed it in the comments go ahead and and um, grab that. So thank you all. And we will see you later. Thanks so much, Brandon. Thank you.